Well, you have your Bibles, you're finding yourself in 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, and you're going to be finding yourself on verse number 21. We'll be going through verse 21 through 25 tonight. If you had to put a title on this evening's message, it would be a suffering servant. A suffering servant. Also, uh, here in 1 Peter, it's going to parallel with Isaiah chapter 53. You're all familiar with Isaiah chapter 53. It is uh, the suffering servant chapter. It talks about uh, what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. Now, here in 1 Peter, just to remind you, Peter is writing to the church there. It's the church that has been suffering persecution. It's, uh, he's been referring, uh, last week we looked at where he was given a word of encouragement to the slaves. And many of the slaves had gotten saved and gotten into the church. And uh, we looked about authority and uh, how we are submit to authority. And now he's uh, wanting to bring even more encouragement because he talks about suffering. These uh, folks were suffering. And, and as many of us can uh, uh, relate to, suffering can get you kind of down and out, can it not? I mean, especially if you suffer for any length of time, you start getting depressed and you start wanting to just say, what's the use and all that. Well, Peter is writing that and he's uh, talking about uh, suffering. But notice the, when he's uh, referring to suffering, he's uh, taking them back to the suffering that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ did for us. And so how do we deal with suffering? How do we deal when uh, pain comes into our life? How do we deal with heartache? Well, he gives us uh, three things tonight that we're going to see. First of all, he's going to show us the example of Jesus Christ. Second, he's going to show us the substitute of Christ. And then the last thing is... Uh, he's going to show us not only the substitute, but he's also going to see uh, in, in verse number 25 that he is our shepherd. I don't know about you, but aren't you glad that we have a shepherd that not only leads us, but cares for us? And so in verse number 21 it says, For even hereunto uh, here were ye called... Because Christ also suffered for us, having us... Uh, uh, why did He suffer? He goes on and says, uh, the reason why is that He wanted to leave us an example that we should follow His steps. And so the first thing that we see is Christ is our example. But then he goes in verse uh, 22, uh, going on through, he says, Who did no sin? So he reminded us that he is our example, and, re and he's reminding them that Jesus did no sin. That's the only one. Jesus is the only one that we can give this characteristic. He did no sin. And then he goes, And neither was guile found in his mouth who, when he was uh, revered, revered, uh, revered not again. In other words, uh, when he was struck at, he didn't strike back. 
Jesus shows us how, when we're having to go through suffering, how to deal with the suffering. And so he says, uh, he also uh, suffered of, and that there was no threatening, and he threatened not. Even while he was suffering, by the way, he was not suffering because of him, he was suffering because of us. And because of that, he could have easily said, hey, I ain't going to do this. I, 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 I don't deserve this. I'm not going to do this. But the Bible, and we're going to see a little later on, is while he was doing this suffering, he shows us how to be able to deal with suffering. It says he didn't have a crossword. He didn't say, I'll get you back one day. He didn't say anything. Jesus, when he was taking his beating, didn't say anything. And then he goes on and he says, but uh, he committed himself to him that judge righteously. And who uh, his own self bear our sins in his own body uh, on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by, uh, by whose stripes ye were healed. Notice he didn't say by his stripes you are healed. He says you were healed. What does he mean? When Jesus went to the cross and when he took your, uh, when he took uh, your punishment and my punishment, the stripes that they laid on him, he took in our place. And because of his stripes, we can be healed. That's a pretty good deal right there. And so he says by uh, the who stripes that we are healed. Now, verse number 25, four. Ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and the bishop of your souls. And so very quickly tonight, three things. First of all, we're going to see the example. Now, before we get into that, when we think about suffering, I dare say that none of us wake up every morning saying, boy, I hope I have to suffer today. We just don't do that. We understand that suffering is something we want to avoid. Would you agree with that tonight? Nobody wants to say, hey, sign me up for that suffering thing. We'll do everything we can to keep from suffering. I've always said that I'm allergic to pain. I don't like it. I don't like to hurt. Many of you can agree with me tonight. We just don't want to hurt. You, nobody in their right mind goes up and says, Oh, give me some pain today. But we see that suffering is a part of who we are as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I need to remind you that there is some poor theology out there that says, If you're in the will of God, then you will not have any suffering. That is wrong. That is totally contrary what the Word of the Lord tells us. Matter of fact, it says quite the opposite, does not? It says that if you're going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, you will suffer. 
There's no guessing here. You will suffer for the cause of Jesus Christ. And I started thinking about that. Remember Peter. Peter even had a problem with that. In Matthew chapter 16, verse number 21, uh, Peter, when uh, he heard the Lord said that he was going to go to the cross, Peter says, oh, you can't do that. Don't do that. No, 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 no. Well, Peter didn't realize, uh, and he did, he got it a little later. He didn't realize that the suffering that the Lord was going to do was the will of God. Do you understand that tonight? It was the will of God for Jesus to suffer, not because he had done wrong, but because we had done wrong. And But then he goes on, and I, I started thinking about that and trying to wrap my mind about this. Uh, that, that this suffering thing, uh, that uh, uh, if you go back, you'll see that in the early church, the early church fathers, uh, Luther, he said this, he says, one of the marks of being a true disciple of Christ is suffering. Then it's also been said uh, by uh, others that said uh, uh, they were tortured. And if you go back to World War II, in Germany, uh, 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 uh Bonifard, uh, Bonifard, uh, Bonifard, I can't say his name. Anyway, he's that German dude. Uh, uh, he, he was persecuted because of his faith. Nazi Germany. And uh, he was, uh, because of his faith, he was tortured. He suffered greatly. Right before the liberation uh, in 1945, he died in a Nazi camp. Uh, and and uh, would say, well, why did he suffer? Well, well, he came before he died. He took uh, suffering as a badge of honor. He said, I'm suffering for the cause of Jesus Christ and I'm okay with that. Can you say that tonight? Can you say tonight that you are willing to suffer for the cause of Jesus Christ? We're seeing it all in, around the world. You go to Sudan and uh, other places around the world. They are, they are suffering for the cause of Jesus Christ. And so here, suffering is something that we don't want to uh, have a part of, but suffering is just a part of it. Well, we see here the life of Christ. Now, notice in the verses that we read, it said that He is an example for us. What is an example of? He's an example of suffering. And we see that the life of Christ and the teachings of Christ, uh, that He gave us an example. He, he gave us an example. This is how you're supposed to live. This is how you're uh, supposed to uh, work your faith out and, and all of that. But notice here, the example that He's giving is not necessary to His teachings or Him following, even though it makes mention that we are to follow His steps that we have to realize tonight is that your salvation, now watch this, your salvation is not because you followed Christ. Because if you're following Christ, that says here that you're following His steps, that's well and good. We ought to be doing that. But there is nothing in us that will help us to follow His steps outside of knowing Him in a personal way. And when you get saved, now you're able to follow Him in His footsteps. You can't follow Him in your footsteps unless you're saved. 
Because the Bible tells us in verse 22 that He knew no sin. None of us can say that. Now it's good. We want to be followers of Christ. But you cannot be a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ until you get saved. We've talked about that. Peter, remember, it says we have that divine power that's been given to us. We have a divine nature. And it's only because of the divine power and the divine nature that has been given to us when we trusted Him by faith that we're able to follow His steps. And so He says He's in our example. Now, in Isaiah chapter 53, uh, verse 7 and verse 9, and I'm paraphrasing here, Isaiah 53, 7 says that he was oppressed because of our sin. It says that he was, uh, he was afflicted because of our sin. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And then he goes and says, because of the suffering he's talking. He talks about he, he was oppressed. He talked about uh, uh, that he took the beating for us. He, he talked about that he hung on an old cruel cross. And he did that because of our sins. And the Bible says as he was taking the suffering that was meant for us, he did not open his mouth. Didn't open his mouth. Then we see in verse number 9 of the scene uh, in Isaiah 53... It says that there was no deceit uh, in his mouth. So why is that? Why did he say anything? I believe it's because Jesus got to go back to the Garden of Gethsemane. When you go back to the Garden of Gethsemane, what did he say? He says, not my will, but thy will be done. So the reason why Jesus did not defend himself is because he knew he was in the will of God. That is contrary to theology that you'll hear where if you're in the will of God, everything ought to be going well for you. That is contrary to what our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ... He was right smack dab in the middle of God's will and yet he still had to suffer. Now, now let's flesh this out a little bit. It, and the principle is still true. I understand the suffering that he's talking about here is the suffering of living your faith out. But the principle seems to apply to when we are having physical suffering as well. I preached a funeral today, and the man that I was preaching the funeral for, he, he two months ago, two months ago, he was diagnosed with stomach cancer. We buried him today. And, and I started to talk to the family and I, and I looked at these scriptures and I said, how do we wrestle with that? Because many people say, well, how can you say that God is a loving God if He allows us to have suffering? How can you say we have a loving God oh, when we see people are hurting and, and sickness that comes upon them? Well, we're able to understand that sometimes, now this one, this, I'm just going to be honest with you, uh, it's, it messes with me sometimes. It could be that the suffering that you're experiencing could very well be that's God's will for you. We don't like to hear that. Why? Because we do everything we can not to have to hurt. But could it be, many of you could testify, when you've gone through your suffering, when you've gone through your affliction, when you've gone through your dark valley, 
that the lessons that you learned there were lessons that helped you to solidify your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But sometimes it's quite the opposite, is it not? Sometimes we think God's so mean to me. I don't know why I've done anything. Why was God so mean? It could be that God is allowing that suffering to come in your life to make you stronger in your faith. And so here he says, he's our example. But notice also, uh, as we look at that, uh, we see in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22, he says he did not sin, okay? Uh, so he didn't do this suffering. Now, now, it's one thing, we can say, well, I can agree with that. It's one thing to suffer because sometimes we bring suffering on ourselves, do we not? We do. Sometimes the suffering that we're having to deal with is because it's all on us. Because of sin in our life and because we live reckless lives and loose lives and, and some of the problem of suffering has come because of us. But how do we handle when we know it wasn't because of that and we're still suffering? God knows best. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And just like uh, in the service this afternoon, could it be that God saw that and He knew that the days that were going to lie ahead, if He continued uh, to have to deal with this disease of cancer, could it be that God's looking down and He says, hey, you got something really, it's going to be even worse as you go. And could it be because of the mercy and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, He says, you know what, you've suffered long enough, I'm just going to go ahead and call you home. I believe that with all my heart. That many times God goes and calls us home because He said, you've had enough. But sometimes we don't look at it that way, do we? But look, notice the second thing. Verse number 24. He was our substitute. He was our substitute. Isaiah 53, 5 says that He was wounded because of our transactions. And He was, uh, he was bruised for our iniquity. And then He goes on and says, By His stripes we are healed. See, the Lord was our substitute. The Lord suffered. Now watch this. The Lord said, I'll take your suffering now so later on you will not have to experience any suffering. Now I understand there's many times when the Lord will allow suffering to come into our lives. But may I remind you, while we're down here, all of this is temporary. And the suffering you may be going, I got good news for you. I got hope for you. It could be that you're suffering and you'll be able to get through your suffering and your affliction because you can understand this is temporary. One day this is going to cease. And then one day you will never ever experience suffering again. Isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful? I don't know about you, but that, uh, that just kind of encourages me here on a Wednesday after some of you have had a rough week already to encourage, hey, this stuff that you've had to deal with, it's all temporary. 
But what we have waiting for us, because we know Jesus Christ is our personal Lord and Savior, we will spend all eternity not having to worry about suffering anymore. But then it goes, and he says, uh, and, and Jesus here, notice here it says, He, he bare our sins. That word literally means He carried as a sacrifice. He, he took your sins, took the sins off of you, and He carried them and put them on Him. Wow. Wow. But it doesn't stop there. Understand, the Jews did not crucify criminals. The Jews stoned criminals to death. But, according to Deuteronomy 21-23, is that if they were evil enough, after the stoning, they would hang them on a tree until evening. And the reason why they would hang them on a tree uh, is because it was a mark of shame. Do you understand? Jesus hung on a tree for you. He took your shame. He took your punishment. He took your suffering. And not only was He lifted up, they lift, when they lifted Him up, it wasn't because of praise and worship. They were lifting Him up uh, to bring shame upon Him. Oh, but what happened is everything got turned upside down on them and what they meant for uh, shame has now turned into our glory. The cross... It is cruel. The cross, it, it should cause us to, uh, to, to have heaviness about us. But when we see the cross, that's where our glory lies in. That's where we understand because of the suffering that took place on that tree, I won't have to suffer my sins anymore. I've been set free by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and I can have newness in life and I can spend all eternity in a place where there's no more sorrow, no more crying, no no more suffering. And it's all because of the suffering He took for us. But then we see in uh, the word healed. Oh, this is where it gets good now. It says, by His stripes we were healed. Now the word healed does not mean a necessarily physical healing, even though Jesus does have that power. But in Psalms 103, verse number 3, it's a messianic uh, psalm. And it says here, it says, And He will forgive all of your sins. And watch this, And He will heal all of your diseases. I started thinking about that. And I thought, okay, I, I understand that. But what happens... When someone you love is suffering and you start praying for their healing. 21 years ago, this month, my dad died of lung cancer. When my dad was first diagnosed, we were living in Florida at the time. Mom called me and of course she was upset and she said, I just need to tell you, your dad's been diagnosed with lung cancer and they've given him six months to live. I started praying. I was pastoring a church down there and I got my church to be praying and uh, God just worked things out and I was able to come uh, to Wilson County. 
I thought I wouldn't have much more time with my dad, but my dad uh, lived about a year, a little over a year. I'm praying. We used to have Saturday night prayer meetings there at Alta Loma, which is Faith Baptist now in the Rivergate area. On Saturday night at 10 o'clock, we would gather as men and we would pray. And I prayed for my daddy, for my daddy's healing. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. Daddy kept getting worse. I started having problems with that. I'll just be honest with you. And I I prayed and dad's getting worse. And it seems like the more I'm praying, the worse dad's getting. And finally I said, you know, what's the use? I'm just going to quit praying. God's not hearing my prayer. God doesn't care. I don't quite understand. But then the Lord started speaking to me and says, no, 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 you just keep praying for your daddy's healing. Long story short, my dad died. I was quite upset on one hand because I thought, well, God, why did you tell me to keep on praying for his healing? And he's dead. I went to my pastor. I said, Brother Gerald, I said, I got a problem with God. He says, oh, really? I said, yes. He says, what's your problem with God? I said, God didn't hear my prayer. He said, why do you think that? I said, because I prayed for my daddy's physical healing and God still took him. He said, well, first of all, you need to be straightened out on a few things. Don't you love it when your pastor tells you you need to be straightened out on a few things? <laughs> and I, I said, what's that? First of all, he says, you know the testimony of your dad. My dad uh, was an alcoholic. And I've told you the story before, but my dad was an alcoholic. He says, didn't God deliver your daddy from alcoholism? I said, he sure did. I said, hadn't God done a wonderful work in his life? I said, he sure has. He says, you ought to rejoice because uh, of his testimony. You know that he's gone to heaven. I said, I understand that. But I said, you're not getting it. I said, I prayed for my daddy's physical healing. And it didn't happen. He looked at me. He said, Mike, your prayers were answered. Your daddy got the ultimate healing. See, you may be going through some suffering. Maybe you're praying for a loved one and you're praying for their physical healing. And my dear friend, it could very well be that God will say, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to heal them physically. Well, you'd be praising the Lord, would you not? Of course we would. You'd be praising the Lord. But what happens when God chooses a different answer? The Scripture says, His ways are not our ways and His thoughts are not our thoughts. And could it be that the reason why God didn't answer your prayer the way you thought it ought to be is because God says, my answer is always the right answer. It says here in Psalms 103.3, He says, He will forgive all of your sins and He will heal all of your diseases. See, one day, we won't have to worry about sickness anymore because we're going to be in a perfect place with a perfect God, with His perfect people, and we won't hurt anymore. But the third thing, very quickly, in verse number 25, We see Him as our shepherd. In Isaiah 53, 6, 
It says, we are all like sheep have gone astray. Now, if we just stop there, we would be in a mess, would we not? Notice the Bible describes us as sheep. But also notice that that's the description that He gave our Lord when He says, and He was like a sheep led to slaughter. Sheep have a tendency to wander off. Many of our churches, many of our sheep have wandered off. And and we need to do everything we can to get them back into the fold. But notice the job of the good shepherd is to get them back into the fold. We can go ahead and put them on guilt trips and do every kind of thing to get them back in and they're just going to stay a little while. But when the good shepherd, the Lord Jesus, gets them back in, He'll keep them. Also, the Bible tells us that the sheep will hear His voice. It could very well be, even though their name is on the membership row, they might not be a sheep. Because the Bible says, the sheep will hear His voice. And when we hear His voice, we come back to the fold. But also... It says, not only, but it says that He has returned them. And I like the word that He uses, and He's the bishop over our souls. The word bishop here means an overseer. Aren't you glad tonight that we have a shepherd who oversees our spiritual well-being? See, the Lord knows exactly where we're at. The Lord knows when we've wandered off. And by the way, you don't have to be wondering, physically speaking. You could be sitting in these pews every day and still be wandering off. Many times we come in here and we got everything else on our mind but what we're supposed to be here for. We're worried about this. We're worried about that. Somebody ticked us off before we even got out of the parking lot. I mean, we go on and on and on. And we come in here and we don't... And we look and, and we're like, we're here, but yet we're not here. We're wondering. We have a tendency to wonder. We get onto our children by being distracted. I've come to find out adults are probably even worse than the children of being distracted. We'll let the least little thing get us off track. Somebody didn't shake your hand that you thought should have shook your hand. You start wondering. Somebody uh, didn't, you don't like the way, the the tone of their voice when they spoke to you, where they could have been a little nicer about that. What do we do? We start wandering off. Well, I don't understand why they don't play some of my favorite songs. The last time I checked, this thing's not about you. It ain't about me. It's about Him, the Good Shepherd, the Lord Jesus. And as long as we're singing praises unto Him and His name is mentioned, I think we can go ahead. And you might not like the tune or I like the, something about it, but if it's praising Jesus, I think we can get, at least agree and get in on that. 
But no, we got to wander off a little bit. Aren't you glad that He's always wanting to receive us? He's always ready to restore us. He's always want us to come back to the flock. Tonight, maybe you're suffering physically. Somebody in your family's suffering physically. Keep praying for them. But also understand that however God answers our prayer, it's always the right answer. It's always the right answer. And I'll be the first to admit, I don't jump up and down and say, well, if it's going to help me with my faith, send me a little pain. I don't pray those prayers. (laughs) I don't like to hurt. But sometimes we do. And what's going to help us is to know Jesus can identify with it. Jesus can identify with your suffering. Many of you have gone through very difficult times. And we can go ahead and say, I know how you feel, but we really don't know how we, others feel. But He does. Because His suffering cost Him His very life. All because of His love for us.